Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. Heather, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm feeling delightful that it's it's like fall is starting to come and we've had cool mornings and 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 it's just beautiful out and I've been getting a lot of yard work done and eating tomatoes off the vine. What could be better? What are we talking about today? Well, I think it's it's a whole mix of of juicy topics, but it it came to me when someone asked me about um play and setting limits on play. Um and she said, you know, is it okay to have my preschooler put plastic bags over her head or wrap ropes and cords around her neck? Because it's all play. It's a hat. It's a scarf. You know, it's just... And and I was thinking, no! <laughs> um, this raises a lot of topics because... Um, and, and these are things I get into in the book that if you... There's a human tendency, if you set a taboo or something totally off limits, that sometimes that becomes most intriguing to the child, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to do what's forbidden. So in the name of safety, which is more safe, to let them do it while you're supervising them or to say, no, you can't do that? Um, so there's a lot in here, really. Uh, but one thing that occurs to me first is that, for me, putting a plastic bag over a head or wrapping ropes around the neck um, are in the same category as running across a busy street or dumping boiling water on your head. I mean, this is dangerous and can be life-threatening within seconds, and this is something that I firmly put a limit on. But there's a lot under here to unpack, so I thought we'd, we'd get into these topics of when do you know what to really limit and what are the issues surrounding that kind of thing? Well, let's start unpacking. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> let's unpack plastic. <laughs> yeah, so, so one thing I want to get off, uh, out of the way, first of all, is that free play, which many, many adults will embrace the concept of, is not the same as a free-for-all. Free play and letting the child choose her play ideas and, and how to play with objects and, and that kind of thing does not mean anything goes. There are still limits, and in fact, limits are essential to the survival of the kids and the survival of the adult's <laughs> sanity and sometimes your house and your walls and everything else. So free play is not the same as free for all, and you have to, if you're going to embrace an idea of free play, you really have to embrace the idea of setting limits and being tough enough to set limits and stick with limits when you're working with kids. They will not hate you. They might be mad for a moment, but um, it's not the end of the world to set limits and have some some backbone and really decide what your limits are going to be and stick to them. 
Yeah, it's a, it's about building it's about building an environment and 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 having control of that environment so that you can you can weed out the real the real dangerous things and the hazards so that you can trust kids to to take managed risk in those environments. And so the idea of uh, of even having if if you want to keep them from putting plastic bags over their head, maybe you don't have plastic bags laying around the play environment, those kind of... Yeah, that's a very good start. And in <laughs> fact, plastic bags are interesting because they make cr crackly noises and they puff around with the wind, uh -huh. and, you know, and you can put things in them like your head. Um, and so a, a very young child, including an infant, can be fascinated by a plastic bag. And it's okay to... you. Know, acknowledge their fascination it makes a neat sound doesn't it but i need to put this away because it's not safe for you know breathing or yeah, whatever breathing, it is that, that might be happening <laughs> at that moment so it's okay to acknowledge that they're interested what what else could we do to make a sound like that or what else could we do if you want to put things in a bag here's a bag uh -huh. or here's a box you know that you can put things in so follow the interest but really be firm about this particular item is not safe and put it somewhere out yeah. of reach. So, Heather, what, what, are your, what are your feelings on paper bags and putting them on your head? Well, <laughs> I mean, there are, I mean, I think any, kids can suffocate with most any object. I mean, you can take out everything out of the classroom. You could take out all the pillows. You can take out everything. Um, some things are safer than others. So plastic bags are really in that category of, ugh. Yeah. And it depends on the paper bag. I mean, you can have problems with cloth bags. So it's going to depend. You have to use your common judgment there. Okay. But people also make paper bag um, masks and cut holes in them. Uh-huh. So yeah. there's breathing space if there's a hole. Yeah, I'm I'm pro paper bag. Um, so... We control the environment. We want everybody to keep breathing. I mean, that's a that's a positive thing. So when you're when you're thinking about your play environment, the idea that everybody continues to breathe is uh, is just a, a good a good solid foundation, a good starting point. I think um, the rope thing. I, I I love watching kids play with ropes. Yeah, there's, all kinds there's of great so much great play rope. going on there. And there is that potential for strangulation. And so how do you, when you're trying to manage that environment for, I mean, the plastic bags, it's, it, it's really easy to get, I, 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 it's kind of easy to, to prune them out of the environment, I think. Ropes, there are so many beneficial things that you can do with them. And there, it's very hard to, to come up with other materials. I mean, you can find backpacks or different kinds of bags to replace the plastic bags, but it, there, there aren't many things that'll replace the rope for the kinds of play that are positive about ropes. So how do you create mindful, healthy, safe right. rules for materials like that? Right, I mean, um, I think ropes work well with kids and play, but you do have to know your kids know your group mm -hmm. and maybe rope is something that is only played with when adults are watching i mean you have to figure out what's right for your family or your classroom um i used to play uh, runaway horse a lot as a young kid <laughs> and we tie our ankles 
to trees and then try to escape and neigh at each other. And it was a very exciting game with lots of chasing and neighing and stamping and stallions and mare. It was, you know, it was an interesting game. It went on for weeks and it needed rope to make it work. Um, but there's certain, I think, emphasizing to kids that um, rope you can play with, but you can't, you just tell them about their necks and how that's where they breathe. I mean, kids do also like to breathe, just like they don't like to get blood and, and yeah. skin their knees. They don't, they don't want to get hurt with their breathing. So when they're very young, explain about that, and, and depending on, on your situation, watch the rope play. But I think rope can add a very interesting element to play, um, the, but you might have to watch it a little bit. Yeah, and and it's something something we touch on so much in this podcast are is the the knowing the kids. It's about relationships. When you know what kids can handle different things and and be trusted with different things and have a little bit of leeway here and and maybe not over there, um, it 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 works out for a more effective environment. Back in our family childcare days, we had a little guy, uh, Noah who at a very young age, I let start playing with the tiny Legos because he kind of, the, the Duplos, the bigger, those bigger ones, they're, they're, they're kind of limiting. There's not a whole lot you can do with them. And, and this little guy, he, he, he was done mouthing things. And I didn't just give him the little Legos and walk away. It was, uh, he's sitting on my knee and we're sitting at the table together building. And, and so if something did happen to go in the mouth, I was, I mean, it was, it was a controlled environment, but at a very early age, he started building with those and other kids, it was well past three before I thought they weren't going to choke and die if they were in the same room with the tiny Legos. And so it's all about the child and those relationships, like you say. Yeah. And if you notice that on a certain day or a certain week, a child is not behaving the way you normally expect. Them, yeah. You know, maybe then then that's not a day to, to um, have the ropes out or whatever it uh -huh. is, the, the little Legos. So if, if things are out of whack, you know what? We can play with these again sometime, but today's not the day. Yeah. And I'm not sure I can trust that you'll play with it in a, in a way that won't hurt yourself. And and being being willing to to take your your own mindset into account there, you the child may be perfectly capable on that day with managing the <laughs> the thing, but you as the adult might not. I mean, if yeah, if you're if showing you up, the adult are losing your mind for for valid or or non-valid reasons. If you're if you're unbalanced at that moment, then then put yes. away those things. Yeah, set those yeah. limits, and 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 just being being honest with ourselves in those honest enough in ourselves with ourselves in those situations to to make that judgment is is kind of a hard thing to do sometimes, but very important. Yeah, and I wanted to. I think we should address the the concept of taboos, you know, that if something's forbidden, then kids will want to do it more. Mm -hmm. That often works, and, and I get into that in, in my book, you know, even with saying bad words or potty talk that, ooh, this is exciting, but if I'm told not to, I'm going to say it more. So give them a space to say it where they can get all that out of their system. Um, but often what, what the issue is, let's say um, – with toy weapons, that if they're completely outlawed, that that doesn't diminish the child's interest in them. It just takes that interest behind your back. Mm -hmm. Well, 
that's showing a, a need for exploring a certain type of play, and that type of play is being unfulfilled, but with a bag or with a rope or with something else, if you can find something that lets them fulfill their play need or lets them fulfill their certain need for exploring an idea or exploring emotion, um, then find a way to let them get that play out of their system. So it doesn't become a taboo as much as this is plain old dangerous. Yeah. You know, a lot of kids don't want to hold your hand crossing a parking lot or crossing a busy street. They might fuss and, and try to slip you, their hand away. But we're firm because we know that they can really get smushed. And so we say, I know you don't want to hold my hand, or I know you don't want to hold the hand of the stroller or whatever it is, mm -hmm. but this is how we cross the road because it's the safe way to do it. And we have to be just as firm with some of these other things. It doesn't become a taboo so much as a this is how you survive life, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and that when we show calmness towards that danger and say this is how we cope with it, the kids pick that up. It's a here's a danger, here's how we cope with it, that you're calm about it, and it just insists on the limit is the right limit. Um, and if there's some sort of um, taboo that forbidden fruit that they're itching to get, Try to find a way that they you can meet that need in a, in a way that's acceptable. Yeah, well, you started talking about this, and it got me thinking about uh, fire because kids are fascinated by fire, and we've talked about fire in the podcast before, but, you know, if if that's something that they never have any contact with or experience with, then the kid finds the uh, the uh, the lighter or the little fireplace starter, the fire stick or, or a book of matches. Do they still make matches? I think they do. Um, and, and goes off behind the garage and, and burns down the garage because they're curious. It's a lot more thoughtful to create environments where children have a little bit of adult supervision and get to to explore and uh, and satisfy their curiosity about things like that um, I mean so fire and knives and and things like that there's there's a, a, a lot of benefit to bringing them out in the open and and taking them out of the shadows of, of taboo right. Right, and having it, sometimes it can just be certain times when we use these. Yeah. You know, when we're in the kitchen together, we can use these, um, but it's not something that they can just grab the sharp knife off the kitchen counter when they're <laughs> playing when they Ninja Turtle. Online to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <I can. laughs> that would be handy. You can use. Oh, you yeah, can use I can the. See that your Ninja Turtle really needs <laughs> a, a Ninja knife. <laughs> Let's see what we can use. You can so, you can use yeah. the knife when we're slicing tomatoes, but not when you're playing Ninja Turtle. I mean, just little environmental rules like that for your for your your home or your play spaces probably make a lot of right. sense. Right, and it doesn't mean the Ninja Turtle can't have the weapon. It just means that they have to make it out of something else or find some other object to use. So the play idea can continue. It's not a taboo idea, but what they're the, the particular object that they're using at that moment. Um, might be different than they were first expecting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, how how close can a rope get to the neck when you're playing with rope? Where, where, I, where, well, where do you feel comfortable? Because I have medical answers to <laughs> what you're comfortable with. I don't know the medical answer, but I do know when my fingers are in my throat, it starts to feel uncomfortable right away. So, um, you know, every... Every family and, and, and 
classroom will have their own comfort level. But to me, um, you know, it's it's under the armpits and below is, and even around the, the tummy, it can get pinched too tight. So you have to, you know, watch out and make sure kids are uh, are listening to their own bodies and, and not being tugged too hard. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, anything it's, under the armpits is a lot safer than anything over the armpits. So, I mean, I've had kids, like, with jump rope length ropes pretending it was a a snake, and then so they'll loop it over the back of their uh, their neck and then over their shoulders so it hangs down in front and, and that kind of stuff. And me, three foot away, paying attention, I'm cool with that. On the other side of the, uh, on the, uh, the, other side of the yard, Maybe not. We we also had the thing where you know they coil the rope up and then they put it on one shoulder and then put the, through their arms so it's like it's like wrapped around so they're like carrying it, that kind of stuff. And depending on the kids, sometimes I'd be cool with that and sometimes not. So there's you gotta you gotta kind of play through yeah, some of these. For me, that would be a temperament call because on the whole, that's with many kids on many days. Yeah, and I mean, and uh, who they're playing with too, because uh, I mean, if nobody's going to grab them and drag them to the ground. So I think the thing is, we just got to play out some of these scenarios in our head and, and find out where we're comfortable and where the uh, where the red line is that we need to draw for and some of those have, kinds of if things. if you're a family and you have a, a child come over to play, um, there's always different uh, family backgrounds that, that come into into that equation. Yeah. So you don't know how that other child might react. Well, actually, sometimes you do if you've met that kid before and you think, okay, <laughs> when this child comes to play, these things are off limits. But when so-and-so <laughs> comes to play, you're fine. Heather's coming over to I play mean, for it's horse. Me. It's okay to get the rope out. Yeah, I mean, my next-door neighbor when I was a child um, was a little boy my age, and we got on really well, and I liked playing with him. But my mother banned him from playing indoors at our house. We could only play outdoors or at his house. And that's because he had a fascination with electricity <laughs> and electrical cords. And he grew up to become an electrician, actually. <laughs> of course but he did. But as a four-year-old, this was not something she could cope with uh -huh. in her house. And so he was an outdoor friend. An outdoor friend. <laughs> and there are, there are families that will say, this is an outdoor friend, and uh -huh. this is a friend you can allow in my house. So, you know, it's the same with materials that you might use in play. Absolutely. That know the kid, figure them out, and if they're a new kid that you don't know, then, you know, give it a little watching time and see what this child can do if you're wanting to allow play that's a little more on the edge of risk. This was fun, Heather. I want to I, I want to sit down and make a, a list of of different things to to uh, to discuss whether this is okay to play with and how do we play with this safely and and uh, this this could end up be a series. So um, uh, I'll probably get lazy and forget to make the list. But um, <laughs> any anything more to wrap this one up? No, I just think that all these concerns that the parents have, you know, whether this is okay, and it, they're all valid questions. And yeah, you have to. It's good to think through it, um, but please know that if you're working with young kids that you can set absolute limits, and that is something they they need you to do to keep them going through the next few decades. Yeah, yeah, and if you're struggling with where those limits should be, um, the previous episode we kind of talked about this, reach out to somebody who 
whose opinion you trust and who's got some experience like like uh, Heather's mom and uh, and 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 get some feedback some input and and some support because uh, again if if you've only been parenting for six years you might be struggling with some of this stuff Absolutely. <laughs> hey, this has been Renegade Rules. We will be back soon with another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sharing the show. Bye-bye. Bye. And Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. <laughs>